0: Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by fellow co-host and editor of thewolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And today, we are going to preview NC State's upcoming matchup down in South Florida. The Wolfpack head down to Hard Rock Stadium to take on the Miami Hurricanes Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Obviously, heading into the season, we thought that this would be a game to circle on the Wolfpack schedule. It was one of three teams on NC State's schedule that were ranked inside the preseason AP Top 15, but now Miami is 2-4 and four and NC State is 5-1 and one and is the lone ranked team in this matchup. Before we get into the details of this game, a reminder for our listeners and viewers at home, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple Spotify Google Play and of course you can always watch us on our YouTube channel So, please subscribe to our YouTube channel even if you don't watch us on YouTube You got a Google account you got a YouTube account go over to our YouTube channel, please subscribe Give this video a thumbs up and please drop a comment while you're at it. All right, Matt. Let's shift our focus to the Miami game here Um, You know on, on paper this has the makings of a letdown game for NC State coming off of an impressive road win over Boston College the week before. You enter this game, Miami's 2-4. and four. It's a much different team than you thought you were going to be facing at the beginning of the season. But the context will tell you otherwise where I think where this could have been a letdown opportunity, I don't think NC State's going to be asleep at the wheel heading into this game because of... Multiple different things. We talked about it a little bit, I think, on the last podcast, or maybe we talked about it off-air, but NC State actually opened this game, according to Vegas book Oddsmakers, as a two-point underdog despite being 5-1 and one and ranked, whereas Miami is 2-4 and four and has been struggling all season. Now NC State's a three-point favorite because everybody jumped on the NC State spread. Um, and then, of course, there's Miami's freshman quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. I believe is his name. Yeah. He had some interesting comments in his availability earlier this week talking about NC State's defense. I think he was probably asked a question about you know, what this team is seeing from NC State's defense on film. Obviously, NC State's defense is performing better than it did last year. Of course, this is the Miami team that came to Carter-Finley Stadium and won 45-42 last year on a Thursday night. But it was a very close game. Problem for the Wolfpack, Derek King had a Heisman-esque performance. He threw for, I think, over 400 yards, had close to 100 yards rushing, like five touchdowns. I mean, he was truly fantastic. But Van Dyke says, this is the same NC State team that we put up 45 points on. Despite the fact that he was not the quarterback, may I remind you. But, interesting quotes coming out from Miami this week. Has Wolfpack fans talking I think that sets up for NC State to be plenty motivated going into this game. Do you see it the same way, Matt? You've been in these week uh, availabilities for NC State coaches and players. What are they saying about this game, and and do you think they're they're not going to be asleep at the wheel heading into this matchup?
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, look, obviously, the defense is now motivated. Um, you know, funny, Dave Dorn had mentioned a couple of times about the the game a year ago where they scored 44 points. And, uh, you yeah, know, he used language like we couldn't stop them or one of our worst games on defense, you know, clearly setting that mindset for revenge. To go back and look at it. That was kind of the last poor performance by the defense. Ever since then, the most points that the defense was responsible for was Louisiana Tech 27 points. Um, I know Syracuse scored 29, but you have to remember there was a a special team touchdown in that game, and I think there may have been a a really bad Bailey Hockman safety in that game, too, or something like, to that regard. I know they had a short field a couple times in that Syracuse game, so ever since that Miami game, the defense has been really on a great run for NC State, and... So I think the, uh, there was already that kind of motivation laid down, and then, you know, Luke Van Dyke, look, he, he confident he's confident. He's saying out loud what probably every Miami football player thinks, and, and look, if NC State players said out loud what they think, we probably have would have heard some bulletin board material the other way, too, right? But uh, one group's a little older, a little bit more mature when it comes to that type of stuff, and, and so you hadn't heard NC State with turn fire. But I I think clearly the defense should be motivated. should be fired up to go to this game. And that's usually where you need your motivation because it's usually defense is more about effort, offense is a lot about execution. And um, so I I think there, but I also think this is a team that feels like, as you mentioned, Dave Dorn, I I guarantee you. Sunday when they met as a team, Dave Dorn brought up the fact that Entry State was an underdog even if the line quickly moved and it's not that way anymore. that when the game opened, entry state was an underdog. Um, I guarantee you that, that's, you know, they're going to play that chip on the shoulder mentality as long as they can. It's worked well for them. Um, And that's why, why deviate from it, right? Why deviate from what's working? It comes a point, I think Luke, the cock asked if uh, it comes to a point where you have to kind of shift, shift that a little bit when, when you uh, are going to start being favored in every game. And then Doran said, well, we're not favored in every game. So he's clearly given a reference to the opening line on the Miami game. I don't think there will be a, a uh, any kind of letdown. It's a night game. you got all day to think about it. You'll watch all the football before the game. You'll probably will see a, an upset or two that might remind you of what's at hand here. Uh, This is an important game in terms of the ACC race. And the gold, they're in front of you, but they can quickly go away from you. And so um, I think they're plenty on the line. Lose soon last year, bulletin board material, disrespectful opening line. I mean, I'd be surprised if, if they weren't motivated.
0: Well, plus you've got to mention that Miami is a national brand, a national program. I mean, these guys grow up knowing that if you get a Miami offer, that's a coveted offer in the recruiting scene. Uh, you know They're going down to Hard Rock Stadium, playing in a pro NFL stadium, playing in prime time on national television. It's big. I mean, NC State is a big reason why this game is on ESPN2 versus ESPNU. That decision was made after NC State's impressive win over Boston College last week. Of course, Miami's going to always bring in their fair share of viewers with their national interest, but... You know, this is an opportunity for NC State, really, I think, to, to prove itself on the national stage. You know, you look at the Boston College game, that was ACC Network. You think back to the last nationally televised game, that was NC State versus Clemson in Carter-Finley Stadium. But that the dynamic of that game going into it, I mean, I know it was one of the most watched games that weekend, but, you know, if you're a national audience, if you're outside the NC State audience, you're looking at that game as NC State, the underdog, trying to upset Clemson. Now, two, three weeks later, it doesn't seem like that very much. NC State is very much a contender in the ACC Atlantic. So this is an opportunity for really NC State to put itself on the national map. And, you know, if they can come out and, and beat Miami in impressive fashion, you know, that would show a lot. NC State moving on to 6-1, and one, an impressive win on national television. There's a lot on the line here, but there's also a lot at stake in terms of, you know, NC State... I'd, can't afford to lose this game i mean the way i see it you look at the rest of this schedule yes nc state is favored in every game left but matt you and i were talking a little bit about this off air there's not one game left on nc state's schedule where i sit back and say yeah there's no way nc state can lose that game there while all of these games are winnable and all of these games nc state might be the favorite in terms of ESPN's FPI metrics or even Vegas odds going forward. Um, these are all very much losable games as well. So, you know, what what scares you about Miami when you look into their, you know, their production levels, if you watch them a little bit? I mean, where do you think Miami's strength is this season and, and where could they challenge the Wolfpack on Saturday night? Well,
1: I, to be fair, Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke may have had a point about their offense's ability to score. I mean, they they certainly had impressive second halves um, against both UNC and Virginia. Now, those are not two good defenses. Interstate defense is better than both of those teams' defenses. Um, so that's a different animal. Um, but that's, you know, and could the defense be good when they can't tackle worth a lick? And that's the problem for Miami. When I said could Miami defense be good? They can't tackle. They're a terrible tackling team. It's been documented. It's, it's borne out. When you look at the pro football focus grades, they're the third worst team out of 130 in the country at the FBS level in tackling from a graded standpoint. There were some plays against UNC. It just, I, I'm sure uh, defensive coaches want to vomit when they see the, <laughs> see the film on it. So, um... You know, their defense has not shown a whole lot this year. I would say this about Miami. This, you know, originally, my first thought, after they lost to UNC, this is a Miami team that's about to kind of have its season spiral out of control. They're clearly not in a good spot mentally. There's a lot of um, disenchantment, et cetera, et cetera. To be really honest, though, this is a Miami team that's played a heck of a schedule. And a non-conference schedule that included Alabama. Appalachian State, who just upset Coastal Carolina on Wednesday night. And
0: that game was in Miami, though. Wasn't in Boone.
1: Yeah. And Michigan State, which was also in Miami. So they lost to, I mean, they beat Appalachian State, lost to Michigan State, lost to Alabama. Both of those, uh, Michigan State was in Miami. But, you know, no two Power Five teams I mentioned, I believe, are both in the top ten. Maybe top five, borderline top five in that Mich- five to ten.
0: Michigan State's ranked ninth, but it's kind of a yeah. fraudulent ninth. But reg- regardless, <laughs> they you know they, they still have the record to be a top ten team.
1: Yeah. and then you have uh, Appalachian State, probably one of the better group of five teams. Not the best, not the you know top tier, but one of the better ones. And then they played Virginia and UNC, which are kind of their peers in the ACC. If you look at those two games, that's where you have to be careful. They missed a field goal, similar to the situation of Chris Dunn against Clemson. They were setting up, they played for the game winning field goal. It was a very makeable kick. Their kicker is a good kicker. He's a freshman, but he's a good kicker. And he just clanked it off the upright. Got unlucky, hit it off the upright. And then if you look at the UNC game, they're driving. They're down three. They're in the red zone. They're going to at least tie it to force overtime. They're still being aggressive. The quarterback goes back to throw. The ball gets hit at the line of scrimmage. Goes up into the air. A couple of guys had a shot at it. And I think it actually hit another player. And then on the second bounce, a UNC guy intercepts it. It was like 20 seconds to go in the game. Yeah, kind of a fluky play. As he's missing that field goal they're very close to being 4-2, and 2-0 two, two and in the ACC with their two losses being the top 10 teams. And then you're probably looking at this game completely differently. Um, so I gotta admit, the more I look at Miami, the more I say this is you know, I don't necessarily completely understand Vegas starting out with my, uh, Miami a slight favorite. I think they probably, Interstate should probably have more points than three going right now, but I can see why there's respect for Miami because they have played probably the toughest schedule in the ACC. Uh, they're very close to being a 4-2 and two team, undefeated in the ACC and right in the mix in the Coastal. Clearly, the talent is there. But I, for Miami to win, it's got to be a shootout. And that's that's their problem right now. They, they're kind of one-dimensional. They have to outscore you. They have to get the games into the 30s and 40s. And can you can they do that with a freshman quarterback and now a freshman running back since their leading running back got hurt in the second half of the UNC game? Can they do that against NC State defense, who I just talked about ever since that Miami game has not given up more than 27 points to an offense in a single game?
0: And not to mention, NC State hasn't lost a conference game since Miami last year, NC State finished a season with four straight ACC victories in 2020 before starting the year two and zero in ACC play in 2021. It's hard to tell which side of the ball, if you're an NC state fan, which side of the ball you have more confidence in going into this week, whether it's the defense or the offense, I'd probably lean towards the defense. They've got the motivation. They've got the production this year, but if you look at Miami's weakness, it really is defense. I mean, they really can't stop anybody. I, you know, Nobody can stop Alabama, but that game was out of hand quickly in the first half because of their inability to get stops against Alabama's run game. Uh, UNC, 45 points, still a good offense, but again, an offense that's missing a lot of that NFL talent from last year and has had some early struggles this season. Virginia, good offense, 30 points. I mean, Michigan State, we're talking about a Big Ten team that doesn't have a very impressive offense, wins games, defensive-minded team 38 points in coral gables so if you're nc state's offense if you're tim beck i feel like this is the week this is the week you have to get the run game going because you look at the past two wins they're wins so you don't think too much about them but on the other hand you look at your backs and you look at your offensive line that's really performing well this season and you're thinking eh, we probably could have gotten a little bit more production out of those last two games. There's been flashes of more explosiveness in the run game earlier on this season. But you'd like to see a return to form this this uh, weekend against Miami. I'd say this is a game where you got to see Bam Knight and Ricky Person get loose a little bit. If NC State can take an early lead and maybe not wait for the third quarter like it did against Boston College to go ahead and take a one- or two-possession lead, then you can get those backs going. Then you can start playing the time uh, time-of-possession game You can start controlling the ball, keeping Miami's offense off of the field, because I think the only way this Miami team can win a game like this is is in a shootout. I don't think Miami's going to consistently be able to keep NC State's offense off of the field. I think NC State will have no problem scoring, you know, at a minimum 25 points in my mind, up to maybe 40. And, you know, if NC State's defense can be, you know, keep Miami out of the end zone, but Maybe two times. I think NC State has no problem in this game, but Miami certainly wants to make this game a shootout. If you look at its strengths, which side of the ball do you think you have a little bit more confidence in? You know, going into this weekend, and and you know, do you think Miami's only path to victory is a shootout, or do you think that this defense could present some problems for for Devin Leary and and the run game?
1: It is an aggressive defense, and I think the one time they struggled against. Uh, Clemson there was a little bit of issues with the pass protection uh, late in that game against Mississippi State when NC State was in uh, pass mode there was some issues with pass protection so that might be one thing I would watch for uh, you know Manny Diaz is a Chuck Amato disciple Chuck Amato is a Bobby Bowden disciple and their whole M.O. with pressure off the edge coming in on the edge with pressure and uh, so you know, that could be an issue, but realistically, you know, they have a great receiving core. The running back that's going to take over, you know, he actually had a really big second half against UNC, got some big play next to him. I know some people down in Miami think he's actually might be better off as the running back for Miami. Um, but, uh, you know, they got big play capabilities. Um, and explosiveness, you know, and she takes a hard team to just kind of march up and down the field and drive against. I agree with you, though. This is a game where if you look at the teams that have had the most success against Miami, particularly on the scoreboard, they ran the ball. They ran the ball effectively. They ran the ball well. UNC um, had big running numbers last week. Uh, I think Virginia had big num- running numbers. Now, one difference is those two teams have quarterbacks that can run. Devin Leary's not a runner, so uh, so think they will have to put the uh, do it more traditional than those two teams did. Um, so you know, I mean, based on production, you would think you would feel better about entry State's offense. Uh, but you're always confident in the defense. They haven't given you any reason not to be confident. Um, and you know, Tyler Van Dyke has been a slow starting quarterback the last couple of weeks. And you know, can he if you get if you get him rattled early? getting up to a nice size lead you know that Miami have yet another comeback in their cards against the defense that's much better than the one that they had faced before so you know there's a lot of reasons to like this matchup on paper but you do have to you do have to respect what Miami you know as, as Dave Dorn said that when he they were much better on film than he anticipated that he was going to look at when he put him in and you do have to – I would approach this game with the mindset of this is probably a 4-2 and two team versus a 2-4 and four team. And this is probably a 2-0 and o ACC team versus an 0-2 ACC team. And look at it that way. It's kind of like the bowl game last year. Remember we talked about the bowl game against Kentucky and everybody was like, oh, they're 4-8. and eight. Well, go look at who who they played. <laughs> or they were 4 uh what were they? They played. They were like four and six or something like that, right? And they were yeah, like, they played
0: at Alabama and they play played Georgia.
1: Everybody, in the SEC. it was an SEC-only schedule. They played everybody in the SEC, and it was like if they had their normal schedule, they were probably looking at an eight and four team in the regular season, not. And now not look not at Kentucky team. this year. Exactly, they so, were they were uh, pretty good. Yeah. So I, kinda, I would kind of view Miami similarly. Just don't focus too much on the record. I do like NC State chances, but just don't focus too much. The X factor is where is Miami up here, right? Where are they mentally? Um,
0: and know, I, I guess th- and what you fear is that it's a Miami team that knows it should be 4-2 and two right now, and it feels like the clock is ticking on Miami's season right now, where this is probably that one game where you know Miami's probably going to pour it out you know this this would be a really heartbreaking loss to take to drop to 0 and 3 if you're Miami. You got Pittsburgh the week after this, so it doesn't get easier for Miami. Their schedule lightens up tremendously in the last 4 weeks of the season, but you certainly don't want to go into those last 4 games thinking that you have to win all of them to just simply claim bowl eligibility. So that that'd be the thing to watch for. I mean, I, NC State has to go into this prepared for a four-quarter fight and whether that means Miami Brings it to them and and gives them a four quarter fight and fights for their life, fights for their season. Or if you know they get behind early and maybe throw in the towel, you know, frustrated bunch that's seen a lot this season. But either way, NC State's got to be prepared for either of those, and you've got to capital. If if Miami does throw in the towel, you got to be able to capitalize and really take it to them on the national stage like this. Yeah, I, I think that's the whole thing. It's now or never
1: for Miami. The question is, uh, do they view it that way, or have they ever got? Have they already gotten to the other part? If they've already arrived to the other part, then NC State's going to be in a pretty good shape. But if they still view it as now, then this is very well, uh, head, probably headed to a four-quarter game. Um, and, and you have to be prepared. You don't. Like I said, I think we both. And actually, I'll give Justin credit because I think he's been more on the "Don't look at Miami's yeah. record." bandwagon than me. It took me to look at it a little harder to realize, uh, I see what I see what others are saying. It's just, is he better than a 2-4, and four, oh and 2 ACC team? Yeah, one caveat to that, if we kind of put a wrap on it, right there, is I will say that it's not like Virginia and UNC are juggernauts in the ACC either. And um, so, you know, they came and played Virginia when they were uh, uh, on a two-game losing streak. And they played UNC coming off a bye, whereas UNC was not coming off a bye. And so you would have figured they would have an advantage in that game as well. So, so there is a caveat to everything we just talked about there, but they still should be 4-2 and 2-0 two and, two and oh in the ACC.
0: Virginia and Carolina might not be juggernauts, but they're certainly not the bottom of the barrel of the ACC. I still consider both of those teams, you know, if you, I, I'd rank both of those teams above 8 in the ACC in my ACC power rankings. I put Virginia in my top five of ACC teams right now. I got Virginia
1: at five. I think I had UNC at 10 or 11.
0: We'll see. I mean, you know, if you're basing it on resume, sure. But I think Carolina is probably their capability, right? They're playing at home. It's a big game. It was a game. I mean, UNC, Miami, kind of that coastal rivalry, if you will. I mean, I know it's not a traditional rivalry, but it is a division rivalry. And there is some bad blood from last year when – Carolina really ran up the score on them in their in their place last year. So I don't know. Yeah, I I, just I, couldn't put Carolina, I couldn't put Carolina above Georgia Tech
1: when Georgia Tech stomped them in Atlanta, and I couldn't put them above Florida State when Florida State stomped them in Chapel Hill, and uh, yeah. can't put them above couldn't put them above Virginia even though they beat Virginia because Virginia has been better ever since then and I did have Virginia, I think, five on my power ranking, but I am I, like, I kept having – it's like, I can't, I can't put UNC here. I can't put UNC there. I get and it. I and a,
0: I get it. A man's got to live by a code, but we've been talking about this for weeks, Matt. That, that, this UNC team screams of a team that, if it's interested, it can be a really tough, tough game for you. But if they're not interested, if it's a Georgia Tech, it's a Florida State, it's a eh, – we're just looking ahead to get to the next week. They can tr- certainly drop the ball because they don't have the talent that they did last year. Um, but we're going to wrap this podcast up. I think that's enough analysis. I'd expect a four-quarter game, but I'd be pleasantly surprised by a Wolfpack blowout. So let's hope for that. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPN2, down in Miami. If you're not down there, we'll have all the coverage on the Wolfpacker.com And, of course, you can watch on espn two. Quick reminder, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're there wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel. And if you you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you'd be able to see right now Matt is with his trusty steed, his sidekick, man's best friend, Lucy, over there. So if you want to see Matt's dog, head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe. Don't you dare come over and look at this dog and don't subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment. We appreciate your support. And uh, hopefully another good weekend for Wolfpack fans. For Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.